0: Welcome to the Food Magic Podcast. Join me on a journey to uncover the secret recipe to food and beverage industry success. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited to introduce you to my dear friend, fellow foodpreneur and lady goddess, Shetel Bakira hi <laughs> welcome i'm so excited to spend time with you today at, luckily we work in the same office so i get to see your beautiful smiling face when i walk in but let's let's dive right in she told please tell us what are you working on right now
1: so right now i'm working on an avocado seed beverage Ooh. so um, we're looking at reducing food waste so taking the avocado seeds which mm-hmm. currently have no use and to extract all of the antioxidants from them and use them in a functional beverage. Um, so yeah, that's Beautiful. kind of what we're looking at
0: creating. And what's the name of your company? We are called AVO right now. We might la, change la, la. that. I'm not sure about that yet. Separate <laughs> episode, ladies and gentlemen, branding. <laughs> um, could you talk a little bit about the origin? Where did you come up with this idea and why? Um, So I actually came to Drexel University to do my
1: master's in culinary arts and food science. And Mm -hmm. I came here to work with one of my professors, Professor Deutsch, on uh, basically the challenge of food waste and Mm -hmm. to see what we can do with food products that get thrown away all the time and the byproducts of basically food manufacturing. And I was making guacamole this one day. Uh,
0: Guac. Love guac. guac.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I had so many more like peels and seeds than I did have the actual pulp. So um, It's always
0: sad about the avocado.
1: Exactly. And I was like, you know, I call myself a food waste researcher. There's no way that I can throw these away. Like, I have Mm -hmm. to figure out what to do with them. And there started the slippery slope Um, (laughs) of... Figuring out what could be in them, how we could use them, what kind of flavor profile they had. Wow. um, What are the legal implications of using something like an avocado
0: seed? Is it illegal to use an avocado seed?
1: Well, currently you're not allowed to sell anything if it's got an avocado seed in it. uh, Why? Because it's never been done before and it's not on the generally recognized as safe list by the USDA. So, wow. yeah, so we have to go through a whole bunch of processes to make sure that it's safe. We have to text, test for toxicology. We test for, like, to find out what's in it and to basically create a profile of a product which has never existed before. Wow. So you
0: are like an avocado seed scientist. Yeah, I like to call myself the avocado seed queen. We <gasps> oh, love that. Wow. Okay, Sheetal, so this is completely new. It's never been done before. Can you talk about, you just did some, but some more of the challenges of bringing a completely new product to market that's innovative, but along with that type of innovation, it's difficult, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I spent almost a year in the lab trying to figure out, like, the best method to extract these antioxidants, mm-hmm. and then another, like, six months to figure out what are the possible contaminants, what are the possible toxins, to figure out the tests that we could run to, you know, find out how many toxins there are, wow. or, um, and then we also had to do, we also have to do a lot of different things with figuring out, like, supply chain. Um <laughs> Yeah. which like ideally if I wanted avocados I could just call someone and say like hey I want so many avocados uh, but to call somebody and say hey I want your seeds is a different story because right. they've never given these seeds to anybody wow. um, so it's just like how do you want them, what kind of format do you want them in, do they have to be washed like who's going to wash them, where are they going to be washed um, you can't import them from another country because the seeds are still viable. So uh, we have to figure out how we're going to handle that piece. Wow. Um, but maybe we, you can
0: partner with a large company like a Chipotle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so we're looking at finding companies that go through a lot of avocados wow. and maybe at one location where we can like get them um, and use them. Uh, right away. So but it's still like I love. That. there's so many things that we've never thought about and like you have to think about it for the very first time, like a standard operating procedure. like how do we know like what tests do we run on these seeds? to make sure that they're fine. like It's never been done before, so we don't know. Wow, Queen was the
0: right title. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we've had to put together these lists of like, okay, these are the tests. This is how it's gotta be sent to us. This is how it's gotta be packaged. Um, But these are all things that we've just kind of had to make up based on what other people in the industry do and adapt them for what we need.
0: So impressive, she told very impressive it is exciting (laughs) (laughs) well i must ask um i know that this isn't your first food company so can you talk a little bit about the moment that you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur in the food industry and what some of your past experiences look like
1: so i started my career actually as a personal stylist so Mm. um i would help people with the way they dress and the way that you know they shopped and even like the way that they carried themselves but as I got into that, I kind of started to realize that people uh, come to me for much deeper issues than just how they look, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes much more deep rooted than that. Um, and then we started to like incorporate different things. So we would like talk about like the voice in your head and like speaking to that voice oh, wow. and like how to manage and control that voice because a lot of times that's the one that kind of throws you off from what you want to do and where you want to get to. And another really big piece of the success of my clients was to make sure that they were on a really good workout plan and mm-hmm. a diet plan. And I found that the ones that really stuck to that really changed their lives around. Um, and I think it's got a lot to do with like putting yourself first and, wow, you know, uh, giving yourself the energy that you need and like putting in all the good things to get to where you want to go. Um, and that's kind of what sparked my love for food is to just see how like food can change everything about somebody, like the way that they, yeah, the way they carry themselves. How much energy
0: they have. How
1: much energy they have. And like the fog in your mind, like it can be reduced to a large extent if you're eating really healthy. So um, that's how I got into the food industry. uh, (laughs) Because in India, there wasn't um, a lot of fresh, like, juices okay. um, on the market, and I knew that there was a space for that, so I started a subscription-based called Press Juice Company. Um, yeah, so it was like every month, we'd have a cool menu, and you'd get a different juice or a smoothie home delivered to you every morning. Um, and we every would, morning? Like, every morning. We would press the wow. juices at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and then at like 7 o'clock, it would be sitting on your doorstep. Wow, talk about your morning routine. You must have had a crazy one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a really tough time in my wow. life yeah cuz i was still working a full time job at the time so it was like 4 to 9 i would be you know making juice and then at like 10 i would be at work and then at 6 but, i would like go to my gym and i was just like i was exhausted
0: pretty much all the time so but what, it was how really did, fun how did you balance it because i think some of our listeners are on the fence of starting their own business maybe they work in a food or beverage company maybe they're just a foodie like can you talk about going after your passion even while you have a full time gig
1: I think it's got a lot to do with just organizing your time and to make it as efficient as you possibly can Mm -hmm. so um, I would even plan things like spending time with my family it would be on my calendar Um, and that way I would make sure that it would get done (laughs) and and like my weekends like I didn't really spend a lot of time just like relaxing I spent a lot of my time like meeting people and like you know doing the things that I really enjoy so that I wouldn't look back and feel like I missed out on everything Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that really helped and kept me going because if I had not done that, I feel like I would have looked back and felt like I really missed out on life.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing. All right. I'm going to dial it back to okay. a question that I ask everyone that's on the show. What was your food magic moment? That moment in time where you fell in love with food. Um, maybe it was something you shared with your family and maybe something with friends. It usually happens somewhere in childhood.
1: Yeah, so uh, mine is, like, really clear, actually, for me. My uh-huh. family is, like, a foodie family. Love it. Um, so when I was really small, every Sunday, we would have this, we would have, like, family cook times. Like, you know, we would, all of the entire family would be in the kitchen. We'd all be, like, cooking together. Mm-hmm. And I have one of my, like, fondest memories is of making this Indian dish called aloo paratha, mm-hmm. which is basically, like um, like, a flatbread that's stuffed with, spiced potato okay it's, it's yeah it's really delicious and then you like roll them out and they're like you put them on the pan they're like super hot and then we would have like a like a factory lineup at my house <laughs> so my brother and I we were like young so we would be in charge of like filling the dough and then uh-huh. my mom would like roll them out and my dad would like heat them up on the pan and it was just so much fun to spend that time with my family and I think that was mm-hmm. one of the like food moments of my life where we got together and we got to like eat food and like talk and we would spend a lot of time together.
0: I um, love that so much. Yeah. Do you have a recipe for that? I do, I'm oh, gonna yeah. share Can you, you share it? Yes. Can we share it with our guests? Sure. Oh, yay. Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna try, we should try making this sometime. Oh yes, let's definitely okay. do that. Dinner next week. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you have any suggestions or tips for people that are kind of on the fence right now of starting something or someone that's really early in their experience of starting a food or beverage company?
1: Um, I think my advice is just going to be to just go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times we wait and we think about like, oh, you know, I don't know the answers to these questions. And I feel like unless you throw yourself into it, you're never going to be in a situation where you have to find out. So like when I started my juice business, I just Really went all in, and I remember mm-hmm. that I had the idea. I figured out what I was gonna do, and like I didn't have menus planned for months after the month that I launched. I just <laughs> had one single menu. I knew <laughs> that I was gonna change the menu every month, but I uh-huh. had no recipes. Um, but I just like had this little stall where I was like, okay, everybody can come and try all of the smoothies um, and the juices wow. for the first month menu, and it was my first time doing like so many juices. But we did manage to pull it off, and it was a really fun learning experience. Like, yeah. I felt like I was on my toes a lot because every month I was, like, really stressed about which recipes I was going to put on the menu. <laughs> really, um, stressed about the juice. <laughs> really stressed about the juice. Really stressed about the juice. And, like, um, even when it came down to, like, uh, figuring out, like, how am I going to get these to people? Like I hadn't yeah, thought that the through. The logistics, I but, can't yeah. even imagine.
0: Every single morning you would every deliver. Every single morning. It's not like for the
1: week. Mm-hmm. Every morning. No, every single morning. Wow. And How was, many
0: people were on your team?
1: Um, well, actually, it was just four of us.
0: Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a small, it was
1: a really small team. Yeah. Um, and like I started really small. I started with something that was really accessible. Like I lived in an apartment complex that had like six hundred houses, and I started in the apartment complex and I would go and I would hand deliver these things to people every morning Um, and it was like as we grew from there Mm -hmm. um, it was like okay I want to do this and then you figure out your next set of challenges and I think (laughs) that's how it always works is that you you do what you can with what you've got and then you grow from there yeah it's like the
0: challenges don't stop you just get better at handling them exactly
1: (laughs) yeah and then like the more you're in it the more you'll know so like I would say just like start with what you've got, do what you can. Like, if you mm-hmm. can, if you want to make like cookies or cupcakes or something, just start with yeah. maybe a bake sale and see how that goes. Like, see what your customers are yeah, saying. Yeah, you want to see how them. people
0: respond to it.
1: Exactly. And then start to look at like, okay, if I want to sell it online, like, what would I need? I would need packaging. Like, go and find <laughs> packaging. Like, how are you going to ship it? Like, figure this stuff out. And like, as you like, if you put a goal to yourself, like, okay, by this day, I'm going to open my online store. Right. Like, you will force yourself to figure these things out. Um, and I think that's like the best way to learn.
0: But learn by doing. Learn yes, by it doing. Is. Yeah. Well, let's talk about packaging for a moment, because it is just a challenge, right? Especially for something that hasn't necessarily been done before and then we're also worried about the cost of packaging when we're putting a product out onto the market. Any recommendation on where to go for packaging? <laughs> well, okay. So, when it comes
1: to the beverage industry, sure, let's um, talk about that. there's a couple of different like there's basically three different types of packaging that you Mm -hmm. can use one is a plastic bottle or you could use actually there's a couple more actually there's the plastic bottle there's a glass bottle there's tetra pack um there's like those pouches cardboard boxes cardboard boxes now Yeah, water in a box yeah and there's also um pla plastic so it's basically (laughs) plant-based plastics that they can create bottles out of um and i think it's never like a straightforward question or like Mm -hmm. an answer um like glass is sustainable in the long term if it's recycled um right in one way yeah Mm -hmm. if it's recycled and the other thing is that people don't really think about when it comes to glass bottles is that they're really heavy Mm -hmm. so if you're shipping you're spending 10 times more fuel to ship them than you would if you were to package your beverage in a plastic bottle or in a pouch yeah or in a pouch Uh so then it becomes like there's so many pieces that go into figuring out which packaging
0: and to be honest like we haven't launched yet so yeah. i'm still struggling with dis- making this making this decision and i just want to say as you know with my company it's been around for about 5 years we've changed our packaging many different times and you have to weigh the cost benefit analysis and also think about the environment and the process and it's really painful to do so it
1: is and sometimes you kind of like okay fine we i care about the environment and you take a stand for that mm-hmm. so You just, I mean, you sacrifice your profit. You do. Or
0: customers need to understand that's why it's more of an upscale item, right? Yeah. Um, It's really hard to convince the customer (laughs) It is hard to convince the customer. (laughs) Um, We're lucky, though, I think, for example, the Whole Foods customer is willing to pay a few cents more for something like that. Yeah. I think people, there is a customer out there that cares. There is. And that's your customer. That is my customer. customer. Exactly. Um, I think that's what's going to be... I think in the long
1: run, if more people make a stand for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. that it'll become less expensive right. um, and it'll become more mainstream. And I think that as food entrepreneurs, it's our responsibility to stand up for the things that we believe in and to, like, yeah. it's okay if in the short term this is what we do, we lose a little bit of money or we just, just don't totally. make as much. But, but it's in, in line with run, our values, right? It's in line with our values. And I think where the world also needs to go is um, And I think we're supposed, like, we are the
0: ones that protect that vision. Oh, I love that. It gave me chills. (laughs) Um, Sheetal, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to run a team? Well, um, my team is really small right now.
1: Um, It's only three people. Um, Got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Um, I think running a team is really challenging um, Mm -hmm. in terms of being able to balance, like, your expectations as like the owner and the person that's responsible for this business to do well and like all the things that you need to have done and also like the emotions and the life goals of the people that you're working with and to be able, I think a really good leader would be able to take both of these and like marry them together Mm -hmm. in a beautiful way Um, and I think having just open real honest conversations are the best way to run a team. Like if you can't call a spade a spade, then what? it's gonna be a
0: really hard. It's gonna be a really hard journey. Totally, totally. There's a really good book. I'm just gonna plug it here right now. It's called Dream Manager. Um, it's not really made for the food industry, but it taught me so much about tapping into the dreams and aspirations of the people on your team and I understanding that. that and aligning their personal vision along with their role in the company and your vision for the company. And it's kind of always a balancing act because you must have your vision and your mission statement for what you want to do and as the visionary you're like the pioneer of the ship of your business but if everyone else doesn't see that vision and they don't clue into it then it's just not going to go where you want it to go so it's it's our job i think to take care of our people not only to run the company
1: yeah and i feel like it's the people that make this happen like if there weren't people working on it, it wouldn't be an idea. It wouldn't no. be a company. It wouldn't be anything. Yeah. Uh, it would have just been a thought. And um, to be able to, I guess, show that to the people that you care about and to mm-hmm. also be that like leader that can help them when they get stuck yeah. and to help them navigate that, I think, is a really essential piece
0: of becoming a successful leader. A hundred percent. And um, so most people that start a business actually are just self-employed because in the beginning we want to wear all the hats we need to balance all the pieces and you kind of have to do that at the start but if you don't put other people into the equation then all you did was create a job for yourself and I think the goal is to create jobs for many people
1: yeah um, like being self-employed is definitely challenging and I think it's a great way to start um, because when you do grow and then you have other people that you can bring in um, as a part of this idea it's so it's so awesome that you've already done it and you kind of know yeah. what it takes and you can understand the struggles that somebody would have. And I think that's a really, really important piece of the whole thing, um, is to be able to like put yourself in their shoes totally. and to understand what they're going through and what kind of issues that they've dealt with. And if you haven't done it before, it's a lot harder.
0: It's also really empowering to hire people that are better than you. Like, oh. you're not going to be the best at every aspect of your business. And, Um, I find that some entrepreneurs are scared to hire, they're scared to bring on people better than them, but that's the only way to make it amazing.
1: I agree. Um, I think it's really fun to work with people that are better at stuff, uh, (laughs) because I can learn, you know? And then I'm not, like, responsible all the time for Mm -hmm. bringing all the knowledge to the table, and it takes a lot of weight off of my shoulders, but I can see how it can be scary. Um, It could be
0: overwhelming. It can be
1: overwhelming, um, and... I think you've got to really trust the people that you bring on board, and to 100%. have that connect with them, and to know what their goals are, and to like really like make sure that you guys are on the same page. And I think that's what comes back to like honest communication. That if you can have like that honest
0: relationship with the person that you're working with, then it wouldn't scare you as much. Oh, that's beautiful. I had um, someone once tell me. Anyone that you bring onto your team is like a babysitter because your company is your baby. So if you're not looking, your baby is going to take on the qualities of the people that are running and working in your company. So choose wisely, right? Yes, that was advice that you gave me. Oh, I forgot. (laughs)
1: And I've stuck with that advice Uh, every time. I'm like, would I leave my my ever baby <laughs>
0: in my hands in the of hands this of other
1: this? human yeah would i um and that's a really good way to look at it um it's really yeah. helped me start out a lot of
0: things in my head thank you michelle oh my god full circle thank you <laughs> um well you know what we're on the topic of mentors so do you have anyone that you really look up to and a lesson that you can share with us I do. I have so many people
1: um, (laughs) that I look up to. I really feel like um, when I moved here two years ago to Philly, and I knew no one. Mm -hmm. um, I was brand new to the city. I was brand new to the country. I mean, well, it was the first time in the country after seventeen years for me. So I'm really you were new. I was new new. again. I was new again. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I think over the last one and a half years, when I've been working on Avvo, it's been so fascinating to see how people who technically didn't have any reason to help me have like pulled together so many things Mm. for me and like given me contacts with people given me ideas shared their vision it's been so fun to work with all of these people and i feel like Philadelphia has really rallied behind me to make ABO a reality uh, um and I love that. yeah and there's just so many people like Professor Deutsch is like one of the first people that I spoke to about the idea and he's been so helpful with the entire process and I think it's really fun to be able to talk to your idea to people yeah and then I end up with mentors in different fields like I have a mentor for branding, I have a mentor for when it comes to like food waste, and then I have a different mentor for when it comes to beverages, and I feel like advice and knowledge just like pours into me from mm. the people around me when they really see how dedicated you are to what you're doing, yes. uh, but I think it's really important, I don't do such a great job of this, and I know I should do better, uh, is to keep all of these people in the loop um, sure. And to tell them about your progress, so that they feel even more inclined to help you when you need right. it next, and to take they it are to definitely next level. part
0: of the journey. Yeah.
1: They are, and I feel like it's. I know that I want to do a better job of this. Um, I think it's important to make everyone feel that they are part of it and that they are an essential piece of it uh, because they are and I wouldn't be where I am today without any of them so How magical I know it's
0: so magical when I think about it I feel so loved <laughs> good well maybe after this amazing episode we'll send notes to the people that have made a difference in our we lives. we should yes and we recommend anyone listening does the same whether it's for business or for love you know have the people that you go to the different aspects of your life and also tell them how much they mean to you and how much they've contributed to your life. Yeah, I think uh,
1: I forget to do this because it's like not a top priority, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I should prioritize
0: it a lot more often. Yeah, I, I mean, just being grateful, living in gratitude is super important. And then when you share that with the people that you're grateful for, it could bring tears to their eyes. It could put a smile on their face. You never know. It could just totally change their mood that day. So I agree. I challenge us and I challenge our listeners, too. Yes. <laughs> We've got a whole lot of emails to write. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, all right. She tells. So why don't you share one of your favorite books with us or a quote, something that stands out to you? Um, I think my
1: favorite quote of all time is from the book Sea Biscuit. Okay. Um, it's brick by brick, my friend, brick by brick.
0: And Ooh, love that one. Yeah,
1: so basically he's talking about how everything in life is just like it's a slow process. but if you just keep building, that's how you end up getting places and getting things done is by building like just brick by brick. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that really translates into my life at least. Um, sometimes when you're working on like a really big vision or a really big goal, mm-hmm. um, you kind of I feel like when I achieve these sometimes, they don't feel as big. <laughs> and the reason is because every single day, like, I have to work on them every right. single day for so long. And I feel like I've celebrated so many small achievements. Celebrate the bricks. Celebrate the bricks, yeah. But <laughs> by the time I get to the big one and I look back, I'm like, oh, it was just a whole bunch of small little milestones. Mm. Um, and... I think it's really easy to forget that and get overwhelmed by like this idea that you want like where you want to go five years from now right I mean because it's so crystal clear in at least my mind where I want to go five years from now that I'm like how am I ever gonna get there um, and then when I start to bring it down like okay this is what I can do right now with what I've got yeah and then that's kind of where I feel like brick by brick comes in it's just like okay do what you can right now and as soon as you do that Like, all of these paths and avenues will open up that you didn't have because you hadn't got your foundation in
0: place. Yeah. And then, like, as you get higher and higher, you can see further and further away. Oh, yes. I love that. I think it's one of the biggest challenges is being micro and macro-minded at the same time because you're the visionary. You have to be able to communicate that vision to your troops, but at the same time, you have to calm them down and say, okay, here's step number one, or we're just going to take baby steps to get there and... It's challenging to attune your brain to both mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, I find
1: it really easy to make like checklists. So if I okay. say like we want to get here, yeah. um, just say for example, um, we wanted to start sending out PR stuff to okay. people. Okay, So we wanted to like, have a PR kit, um, which sounds like a one-step process. Um, But it's, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much, like, there's photo shoots, there's writing, there's articles, there's, like, links that you've got to collect of all the other places and the people that have talked about you. There's so much that goes into that and, like, lists of people that you can reach out to and why you're reaching out to them and why they would be interested. Like, it's so much work Mm. and you can put it on your checklist. Like, if you were to put it on a checklist, like, Send PR kit to 10 people. Like, that's not a one thing item. So I would always break them down into, like, okay, finish photo shoot for bottles. Like, you know, finish photo shoot for myself. Finish photo (laughs) shoot. Yeah. So, like, when I break it down to, like, things that are, like, in a day, they're either done or they're not. Yeah. Like, that really helps me. And I feel like that's how I look at everything. So I start at a very, like, on a large scale. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then, like, okay. Pick one of these. Break them down. Most of the time, it's like 20 steps. Um, That's one way to deal with anxiety. I love that. Yes. It gets really
0: overwhelming because the to-do list, I mean, you... Take one thing off it and add five. Yeah, that's how you grow. That's the sign of growth. <laughs> and then you've got to bring people on to take care of some of the pieces on the checklist. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but that's what makes it fun, you know? Um, and then you they start doing these small things. Like, it probably starts out with five things on their checklist. And then before you know it, they've got 30 things. And then they need people. And then that's where you're really growing. Like, that's
0: boom right there. Oh, yes, so true. Well, what has been the most challenging part of this process for you?
1: I think for me is just making sure that there's that the avocado seed is safe and okay for everyone to drink. Because if we don't have that safety assessment, then we don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was really challenging for me to make sure that. You know, I was doing everything right. That there was no more information out there. There was no more toxins in this avocado seed, and to go through that and break it down and study it to a level where I know exactly what's in it, and. yeah, so that was really challenging because sometimes I didn't know where to go. Um, and it wasn't also not my forte. I mean I did
0: come to school for culinary arts and food science. Yeah. I was
1: learning it, but also I was just
0: doing it for the first time. So it, was, it never starts out as your forte, it becomes your forte you and exactly. of force the forte. Yep, <laughs> you gotta force it. <laughs> now I feel like
1: ask me a question about the avocado seed,
0: I'll tell you the answer. <laughs> um i do have a question about the avocado seed so a common issue with avocados is they turn brown Mm -hmm. so what can people do to avoid that i want avocado i want to prep my salad in the morning and then come for lunch and for it not to be brown what should i do Uh,
1: okay that's a really hard one um the reason why your avocado seed goes brown or the pulp goes brown is because there's no antioxidants protecting it and they get oxidized. Right. So that's what the seed and the peel actually do and that's why they're so high in antioxidants is uh, they're protecting the avocado wow. like on the inside. So um, if you take your avocado out like into a salad it's Mm going to be a lot harder for you right we have lemon juice you can do the lemon juice it may not help all that much but it'll stay for longer than if you just left it someone told Um, me
0: to throw the seed in the salad yeah
1: so um i would say if you can just like even if you're doing like half an avocado leave the peel on there um and then on the other half you can like leave the seed on there and then tightly wrap it Uh, What I do most of the time is that I'll scoop out half of my avocado and then I'll use the half to cover the other half and then saran wrap it to look like a whole avocado and put it in the fridge. Wow. Um, Okay. And that really, that really helps. Um, you'll see that your avocado will last at least two days or three days in the fridge compared to like half a day.
0: Well, if the avocado seed can protect an avocado, imagine what it can do for humankind. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: I'm really excited about the antioxidants that are in it. Um, mm-hmm. It can help like prevent free radicals from oxidizing the different cells in your body, which is exciting. Um, and the antioxidants have also been proven to reduce inflammation. Wow. So we are looking at right now uh, figuring out exactly how much of all of these beneficial antioxidants are in the extract um, and to see where we can go with that.
0: That's amazing. I have to say I've tried your product and I love it. It has this like earthy tone to it. It tastes different than tea. It still reminds you of tea. I've also had a cocktail made with it once or twice. (laughs) Maybe we'll add a recipe there, too. Yes, we definitely should. Sheetal, <laughs> thank you so, so much for your time today. How can our listeners connect with you? Where can they find your stuff or connect with you personally?
1: Um, you guys can look us up on avoelixir.com. Uh, that's A-V-O-H, elixir, E-L-I-X-I-R, dot com. Or you could just look us up on Instagram. where are um, and we're going to be posting some really fun things about our journey and resources. So if you're a food entrepreneur, um, I would totally uh, love it if you guys would follow along.
0: Oh, thank you so much. We're all out of time for today. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Make sure to tune into next week's episode. And in the meantime, spread the love. Check us out on Instagram or our website, Food Magic Podcast. Mwah!